Matthew chapter number 11, uh, begin in verse number 16. And the Lord names three ancient cities that had been divinely judged. He's going to mention Sodom, Tyre, and Zidon. And here he refers to Chorazin, Bethsaida, and also Capernaum. And the Bible said in verse 16 of Matthew 11, said, But whereunto shall I liken this generation? It is like unto children sitting in the markets and calling unto their fellows and saying, We've piped unto you, and you've not danced. We've mourned unto you, and you've not lamented. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he hath the devil. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children. Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done, because they repented not. Woe unto thee, Chorazin! Woe unto thee, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Zidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Zidon at the day of judgment than for you. Here's verse 23. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the day for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. Thank you. You can be seated. I appreciate you standing. Of course, a, a stern message tonight out of the book of Matthew in chapter number 11 from the Lord as he begins to call out this city. And uh, the Lord uses a word we don't use much today. He uses this word upbraid. And that means he began to reproach them. He began to angrily call them out. Now, I know a lot of people say, well, you ought not get mad, you ought not get upset. But I'll say this, there ought to be some things that upset you. I'm not talking about upsetting you to the place where you'd get uh, sinful and, and try to hurt somebody, but I'm talking about being angry at the state of affairs that this country is in and being stirred up. And that's really what Jesus was. You know, somebody said, you ought to preach like Jesus. Uh, instead of preaching these hard messages, I'm like, man alive, go look at some of the messages uh, that the Lord preached. I guarantee he wouldn't be welcomed in a lot of Baptist churches because uh, sin angered the Lord. He got upset at sin. Thank God he loved sinners, but he did get upset uh, at the sin. In Matthew 21 and verse 12, and Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. Mark chapter 3 and verse 5, when he had looked round about on them with anger. The Bible said he looked on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts. He saith unto the man, stretch forth thine hand. He stretched it out and his hand was restored as whole as the other. And uh, back in the day when the synagogue service began with a prayer of God's blessings, they would recite Deuteronomy 6 and a portion out of Deuteronomy chapter number 11. Then somebody would read from the law and the prophets and this was followed by a brief sermon. And so when Jesus got up, all they ever saw, they did not see him as the son of God. They just simply saw him as the carpenter's son. And Jesus was angry, not at the things that they said personally about him. That never did bother him. His anger was because the people 
were losing an opportunity that they would never ever to be able to regain again. They would never have this opportunity to hear this again. And this place where his anger was kindled was in the town of Capernaum, uh, one of the cities that's named in the text. Now, although Jerusalem was the center, of course, of the worship of Israel, it was in the town of Capernaum uh, that was the center of Jesus' ministry. It's mentioned 16 times in the Gospels about Jesus doing a ministry in Capernaum. And while on earth, Jesus lived in two places. He lived in Nazareth and he lived in Capernaum. And it was this place that he mentioned. And you think about the great privilege that this city of Capernaum had more than any other city. I'm talking about Jesus Christ dwelt there. He lived there. His presence was there. But instead of the people of Capernaum embracing the teachings of Christ, and instead of them getting right with God, instead of them heeding his words and appreciating the fact that God in his providence had put his dear son to minister directly to that city, they took it for granted. They got careless with the presence of Jesus Christ. Now I want to preach tonight for just a few minutes on the carelessness of Capernaum. See what happened in this city and what affected the people of Capernaum is they got used to Jesus being around. And I'm telling you tonight, if you'd have been in enough dead services that I've been in in 15 years of vandalism or whatever it was that I did for 15 years, if you'd have been in as many dead, dry services as I've been in in my life, you'd thank God. God tonight, amen, that you got a church where God shows up, uh, where you can still say amen and nobody will look at you like you lost your mind, where God still moves, preaching's still in order, singing's all right, and shouting's okay too, amen. I mean, listen, I publicly say I appreciate God being in this service tonight. Thank God for the presence of God, amen. The songwriter said his name yields the richest perfume and sweeter than music his voice. His presence disperses my gloom and makes all within me rejoice. I tell you, I told Brother Josh on the way up here, I just, I've had a long day, just had a lot of stuff going on. I was tired when I got here, but I'm telling you right now, praise God, I feel like I'd run through a troop and leap over a wall and then leap over a troop and run through a wall, amen. I mean, I'm talking about the presence of God, friend. I thank God for a place you can cut and feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. I'm telling you, Jesus lived in Capernaum, but they got careless with it. The people in Capernaum had such a privilege of seeing him, being around him, and seeing the great and mighty things done by the Son of God. I want to read a list of some things of the miracles that Jesus did uh, in Capernaum. He cast out an evil spirit from a man in the local synagogue, Luke chapter 4. The daughter of Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, Jesus, of course, raised from the dead. Simon, Peter's mother-in-law, was instantly healed. I often wondered if Peter said, Lord, why'd you do that? That's my mother-in-law. That's the only time probably Peter ever second guessed the Lord uh, at least that day uh, all the sick of Capernaum came to Simon's house and were healed by the Lord demons were cast out of many people and confessed that Christ is the son of God Jesus caused disciples to catch fish in a miraculous way Luke chapter 5 through a fish Jesus supplied money for Peter to pay his taxes Matthew 17 he healed the centurion servant afflicted with a palsy Matthew chapter number 8 he, uh, the paralyzed man was let down through the roof and instantly healed him 
Mark chapter number two, those were all done in the city of Capernaum. I'm gonna tell you this, you had four people saved by the grace of God this morning in one day. They've been some churches that have never seen people saved. They've been people that, I mean, listen, churches where people hadn't been saved in years and years and years and years. You ought to pillow your head tonight and thank God that you're in a church where Jesus shows up and where he blesses his people and sinners are saved by the grace of God. Amen, but Capernaum got careless. I tell you, I guess the message is tonight, don't take this for granted. Don't get careless with it. I'm telling you, when God shows up, let us not be unthankful people, amen? You say, what happened? Well, they just didn't respond. They were unthankful with his presence. And they did not heed the word of God. I mean, listen, if, they, if there's anybody on planet Earth that should have been grateful, it should have been the city of Capernaum. Those things that I just read unto you, I mean, listen, there's been people that's wrote books about what happened in this book and what happened in the city of Capernaum. There has been people that pinned down all the biographies, all kind of things that's happened during these days, but we got a Bible that tells us what he did in Capernaum. And Capernaum did absolutely nothing about it. Don't get careless with the presence of God like Capernaum did. You know, Jesus wants them to understand that since the miracles have not moved them to get right, I tell you, listen, thank God for the miracles that have happened. You say, do you have, you seen any miracles? Well, I wasn't here when them four got saved, but you better mark this down, friend. That's a miracle. Uh, last night, that's what I told uh, Johanna. I said, Johanna, you don't understand what happened to you. Uh, I mean, there's a miracle took place in your life. You walked in here dead and trespasses and in sin, and now you're alive and been resurrected from the dead, amen. What a miracle of salvation and the Lord said if you're not going to respond to these miracles then maybe you'll respond to the warning he reminded them one day that they would pay their dividends to God if they did not accept the payment of Christ they were going to pay for it themselves in hell and you think about this statement that he said I mean what was worse than the sin of Tyre and Zidon and of Sodom it must have been very serious because you look at Tyre and Zidon over and over and over those cities are condemned in the scriptures. Yeah, I mean, listen, do I have to expound Sodom? I mean, it's a byword today for iniquity and ungodliness. But you know, Capernaum, they didn't attack Jesus Christ. They didn't drive him from their gates. They did not even crucify him. They just simply disregarded him. They disrespected him. They disobeyed him. Neglect can kill a church. Neglect, I mean, listen, as much as persecution can. You know what happened? Everybody, I mean, everybody in that town just kind of let it go by. Now, I'm gonna say something right now, friend. There's a lot of things that'll kill a church and there's a lot of things that'll take the life out of you and there's a lot of things that will zap you as far as God is concerned and I'm telling you one of these things is indifference. I mean, listen, I'll tell you what to kill a church and what to kill a move of God. It's just a fact of sitting here. Indifference, it's a sin and really the worst of all sins because what happens with indifference, you just get to a place where it don't matter anymore. Yeah, listen, uh, what happened is it did not burn them to death. It didn't freeze them to death. It just, it didn't behead them. I'll tell you what it did. It just suffocates. 
And that's what happens when you become indifferent of the things of God. When God moves up and God puts you in conviction and God deals with your heart and then you just tell God no. Or you'll say, I'll do it later on or I'll get right with God tomorrow. You don't know if you've got that tomorrow. And I'm telling you, God has done some things in your life and things in this church in these days. You think about where you could be tonight and people are still getting saved and God's put you in a place where you can. I'll say this, do not be careless with the presence of God. The carelessness of Capernaum. Here's what happened. They had just become cold and indifferent. They'd been drifting. No concern for the future. Didn't want to get close to God and got careless with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, listen, sinner friend, if God's dealing with your heart, if the Lord has convicted you and let you know that you're not saved by his marvelous grace, do not turn him away. Do not get careless. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is not showing up everywhere throughout America. But you're in a place tucked in the hills in the North Georgia mountains where God is moving. Do not be careless like the city of Capernaum. They had religion without repentance. They would not repent. They ignored the preaching. They had truth without a response. I tell you, listen, I'm not up here tonight making suggestions to you. I'm preaching to you. I'm not making suggestions. What I'm telling you is you need to get right with God if you're not right with God. And Jesus came in, he said, I'm not suggesting you repent. He said, I'm commanding you to repent. They had religion without repentance. And I'm telling you, religious people will accept truth when it stretches their intellect. But when it comes time to get right with God, they'll reject it and they'll turn Jesus Christ away. I'm telling you this, when the Lord came down to this earth, he came to call people to repentance. And we need to heed the call of repentance tonight because of the great day of judgment, saint and sinner will give an account. Every warning we've had, every opportunity we've had, Every time we've had an opportunity to be saved, every time we've had an opportunity to do something for God after we're saved, we're going to give an account of that. Capernaum had the greatest opportunity of any city written about in the New Testament. And they turned him away and was careless. And their time ran out. He pronounced a woe on them. God help us not to fall into the carelessness of Capernaum. Preacher, I'm finished. Preachers asked me to give an invitation. If you're here tonight and you've never been saved, would you come? Don't turn him away. They had religion without repentance. They got careless with his presence. Is not this the carpenter's son? They just saw him as somebody just like them. I promise you, friend, Jesus Christ was like no other man. He's the God man that shed his blood in an old rugged cross. And I'm telling you, God is here tonight and God has dealt with your heart tonight and God is drawing you tonight and God is dealing with you tonight. Do not be careless with his presence. Don't be careless with his wooing. Do not be careless with his conviction because that is what it takes for you to be saved. Let's everybody stand. If you need to come tonight, did it trouble you when you heard that your friend was saved or... Or did it bring peace to you? We've heard people tonight <clears throat> rejoice in the fact of <clears throat> them being saved and their daughters getting saved, loved ones getting saved. Does it strike fear in your heart tonight for me to say Jesus could come back right now? 
Does that strike fear to your heart or does that bring peace? If God's dealing with you tonight, don't be careless with his presence. Don't turn him away. Don't fall into the indifference. Well, I can be saved anytime. And Jesus, uh, he'll, he'll be moving here again. He'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll come back tomorrow night and he'll move and he'll deal with me then. Well, he may because he's very long-suffering. He may not. He said, woe unto you, Capernaum. Please don't be careless with Jesus tonight.